I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 249. I feel like you were doing that in slow-mo. I, I felt like it. People are definitely going to listen to you on 2.0 for that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame you. All right. Jumping right in. Hello, you two beautiful ladies. Let me first off say how much I enjoy listening to you. I'm from rural northern Alberta, Canada. Sorry. So hearing you talk about your life and your southern accents is entertaining, especially the weather, because hello, past two weeks I've had about a foot of snow and negative 40 degrees Celsius. Oh, shit. I love listening to your laughter and humor. You make me crack up. Also, I'm a fellow 85er, so yes, 1985 is the best year. Now, on to why I wanted to write in. Listening to Donna's story about the Ghost Watch broadcast made me think of when the first time I watched Paranormal Activity. It was a few years after I came out and I was watching it alone in the dark. Is there any other way? I hadn't read anything about it, so I went in completely blind. Now, I love watching scary movies. But there was definitely some fear farting and clenching going on. The notes at the beginning of the movie made it seem like it was real. After watching, I was so paranoid that I had to Google the movie in an attempt to distract and calm myself down enough to actually go to sleep that night. As for Carrie's comments about why didn't people just change the channel, well, I totally do that. See something online or TV that I don't like, I just keep on scrolling. I don't give a crap about all the ads and move on. My husband, on the other hand, not so much. Every time he sees an ad or a post he doesn't like, he either comments on it or reports as spam. We actually had a conversation about this only a few days before I listened to your episode. I can't imagine how much of his time is wasted doing that. I got better shit to do with my time. Anyway, thanks for reading. Sorry if this was so long. Please keep doing what you're doing. You've created an amazing platform for people to share their experiences and make them feel loved. Thank you, Laurel. I thought you were going to say that you watched the Ghost Watch broadcast, but Paranormal Activity is fucking creepy, too. Have I seen that? Paranormal Activity? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh. It was like the first of its class of, okay. you know. Yeah. It was almost like the Blair Witch Project to me, where that was something totally different and yeah. new. And this was like surveillance yeah, footage yeah, 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 and yeah. stuff. yeah. But I am so like you. I'm like, man, you don't like it on social media. Just scroll on by. I must have been on a tangent. I must have been on my, <laughs> my soapbox on that episode. Probably. But yeah, me too. I just don't take the time. Now, in our latest episode, I did complain about our local community page because people were complaining about schools being closed. But I still didn't comment. I wanted to, but I didn't because it's not worth the fight. Now, am I going to read all the comments? 1,000%. so i mean technically i guess i do have time because i do do that well and i think there's a difference in if you comment on something like in support of it or something like that but the people who just comment in the negative Mm -hmm. way on the post like just scroll on by right like why did that offend you just scroll on but then you're gonna have to be the like am i the asshole yes you are (laughs) okay the next one Hi again, sweet and entertaining ladies. I wrote last time about a story from my work in forensic mental health. This time, I'm going to write about literally the most exciting thing to ever happen to me. These are little hits I made while practicing doing psychic mediumship reading for strangers online. A few readings. I originally did psychic readings for friends and friends of friends using tarot cards 
or telemetry back in my 20s, and my intuition was highly regarded. However, I always struggled with the gift and the longing to practice it because of my religious upbringing. And maybe because also I snuck right a copy of The Exorcist when I was 11 and was ever terrified of demonic possession. In my late 20s, I became a mental health professional where there was no space for the woo-woo. As soon as there was the internet, I fell in love with it. I spent some time in the AOL chat rooms, and that was the first place I learned that I could physically connect to people via a computer. I did a few readings for people there, and one in particular sticks out in my mind. It was a young man, and I told him, I see you in a white coat in a medical setting, but you're not a doctor and you don't take care of sick people. He was a lab tech at a research hospital, and both of us were impressed. Content warning, suicide. I intermittently tried to practice psychic stuff, and someone I briefly dated talked about having lost their brother. One time they gave me a guitar pick that had been his and told me to try reading it sometime before we got together again. This turned out to have been a cruel request. I got a terrible metallic taste in my mouth, and I felt like a black cloud surrounded me, and it persisted for a couple of days. And her brother had shot himself. Background. There used to be a show on Lifetime following a psychic medium named Lisa Williams. She also had a website and made herself more accessible than a lot of public psychic practitioners. And she continues to do readings and teach. She is a very open and sincere person, and I was drawn to her. I found a small online community in the chat on her website. One of the things she would do was allow people like myself to practice doing readings for free. Unfortunately, this ultimately did not work out due to abuse. She even at one point vetted those of us who wanted to practice with a test by having us read for one of her friends via email, and I passed. There has never been anything more exciting to me than having that validation that I'm getting correct information that I have no concrete way of knowing. All that explained, here are some memorable times during readings. I will continue to list them chronologically to keep myself organized. There were also plenty of times I didn't get anything useful. One of the reasons I would never charge for trying. But when the hits are so specific, it's an amazing thing to experience in both directions. I was reading for an older woman with health problems and correctly stated that she would be traveling for a second opinion. As we were winding up, I suddenly asked her, who's Eric? He was her son who was sitting in the room with her. Before I knew any better, I let someone I was reading for challenge me with questions they knew the answer to. I was able to tell her that the nickname her grandpa called her was the same syllable twice, like Mimi, and the song she sang for him was Amazing Grace. I noticed a robin sitting persistently on the windowsill in my room as I started a reading, and I asked the lady if robins meant anything to her, and she couldn't think of anything. During the reading, I told her that her mother and her sister wanted to thank her for taking such good care of her sister during her sister's long and difficult illness. She validated that she did care for her sister during cancer. Well, the next day, she sent me a message, and it said, It didn't occur to me till this morning that my sister's name was Robin. I was reading for a lady who was struggling with money. I told her that she had sold something that meant a lot to her recently and that it was hard to let go. I thought it was some kind of musical instrument. 
She belonged to a drumming circle and had parted with a very valuable drum. I saw her with small bills dropping from the sky around her, and she had been receiving donations through her church. I read for an older woman who had lost her beloved husband. I told her that he wanted her to know that he was always with her. I saw him trying to get her to know he could still check on her by affecting her bedside lamp. She confirmed that it would randomly flicker and went on and off, and she assumed that she needed to change the light bulb. I was correct in telling someone that their brother had died from complications of alcoholism and had jaundice and an enlarged liver at the end. She felt I accurately captured her brother's humor and personality by imitating the way he spoke. I told a woman that I felt I was holding a bunch of pins in my mouth, and it turned out that her mother had been a seamstress. One of my favorites was when I started a reading and I saw a woman standing facing me and more and more people kept gathering behind her and around her, like a lot of people. They were so grateful to her and praised her kindness and compassion and just glorified her. It turned out that she had terminal cancer and she has spent her career working in a nursing home. There are, of course, lots more little vignettes like this but I know my email is getting long and repetitive. I'll close with one of the few times I predicted the future. I choose not to even try most of the time. It's too much responsibility if you're wrong. But in this case, it was about my step-grandson before he was born. In utero, it was discovered that he had polycystic kidney disease, which is potentially fatal. There is a better chance of survival if only one kidney is involved, which was the case with him. About a month before he was born, I saw an image of him and he was about 18 months old. It was very detailed. I saw the onesie he had on and he was sleeping peacefully in a crib. The most noticeable thing was that he had oddly colored hair. It was like the color was highlighted. It was an illuminated reddish blonde. I told my family about what I saw and I knew it meant that he was going to be okay. The hair, well, that was a little weird because his mother was Asian and his father has Middle Eastern ancestry, so pretty unlikely. Well, you guessed it, he has fluffy reddish blonde hair. Even better, he passed his first birthday and is healthy and thriving. I'll end with that happy story. Thank you so much for listening to me babble. I'm sure I enjoy listening to the two of you babble much more. Thank you for the warm and funny ways. Call me Sarah. Okay, first of all, Loved the show with Lisa. She would put the hat on to stop people from talking to her to be like, hey, I am signing off for the night. Loved her. So cool that you got a chance to like work with her team and stuff. Right? Also, uh, how did she not remember her sister's name was Robin? Like y'all are talking about it. Okay, but I feel like that's something I would do. And that's why I always want someone with me. Because it's like, hey, there's a Robin on my mantle. Like, does that mean anything to you? No. Like nothing about a bird. You know, and that's how yeah. my brain would go, and then it'd be like, "Wait, shit, my sister's name." Yeah, is yeah. I mean, I guess I can kind of see it, but also like, it's her name. Like, it's not like it was her nickname or yeah. My, I had an aunt named Robin, and that's who she was named after, and we called her Roro. You know, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, when I was reading the Lisa Williams thing, I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, like, loved her. Yes, and we always talk about her. Like, didn't know that she was still like working and no. stuff. I mean, I guess how do you just stop? But like, didn't know she was still a thing. Yeah. 
That was a very short-lived show. Did it have more than one season? I have no idea, but loved I it, loved though. her. Me too. No, it did have more than one season. I actually saw a TikTok that Teresa Caputo is coming back. Different nails, bigger hair. Oh. Thank God. Those nails were like rectangles. Remember the nails? <laughs> yes. But also, her daughter has had a baby. Oh, God. Like, she's isn't like that 10. wild? Like, yeah, like she's still a kid because yeah, of the show. Yeah. Also, I love these little, like how you said, like the greatest hits. I love that. All right. Before we get into the next story, we got to talk about Earth Breeze. Y'all know that we are trying to do better for the planet in the ways that we can. And one of those ways that we've found is ditching the old laundry detergent. Because, you know, they would come in the massive plastic jugs. Even the pods and stuff will be in a plastic jar. Yeah, and 91% of that crap does not get recycled. You just have those jugs sitting in landfills forever and ever and ever. But the only jugs I like are mine. Well, EarthBreeze is here to save the day. Picture what looks like a dryer sheet, but it's actually your detergent. It's a pre-measured liquidless laundry detergent sheet that dissolves in all wash cycles. Like whether it's hot or cold. You don't have to measure it. It's not messy. It's not heavy to lift and pour into your machine. And, well, no plastic jug. And it's so slim to store. So there's no, like, storage, really, that you have to do. But I love it. They have different sizes. So, like, it's one sheet. But if you do, like, a small load, just use half the sheet. If you do a normal size load... Do one sheet. If you have, like me, because you don't do laundry all the time, do two sheets with a lot or like soiled clothes. But that's it. Like, that's all. And you just throw it in. And they even have it like, because I have a top load washer. So I just put it on the top of the clothes. They have all the directions and stuff on the packet. And y'all know, we all watch those videos of people like restocking and organizing their laundry rooms. And with Earth Breeze, You can fit so much into such a small space. You can put 720 loads of sheets where you would just put one of your detergent jugs that gets you 60 loads. Like, I can't do math, but that's a lot of a difference. That's a huge space saving that you just pick the little sheets up and drop them in the wash. And y'all know how Donna's skin is. Right. Very sensitive. And this detergent is working for both of us. Yes. EarthBreeze is dermatologist tested, and you can tell the difference. Also, I'm not going to lie, like, I would use pods a lot, and sometimes they didn't dissolve all the way. Yeah. They, like, my my black leggings that I always wear, they would have, like, some residue on it. Yeah. And I do not have that issue with EarthBreeze at all. Like, using EarthBreeze really is a breeze. You can do a subscription where you're going to get free delivery and you have full control. You can pause it. You can adjust it. You can cancel it without hidden fees or penalties. And I love it, too, because I was able to get unscented because I don't like a lot of scent with my laundry because y'all have heard me say it over and over again with my migraines. If I wake up with a migraine one day and all my clothes and all of my laundry have a scent, then it's only going to make it worse. Yeah, and I can't have a scent. Yeah, she got all those skin things. So, (laughs) 
And that's the thing. EarthBreeze is dermatologist tested. And if you're like, oh, should I try this? Well, you should because EarthBreeze offers 100% satisfaction guaranteed. So if you don't like it, you get a full refund, no questions asked, and no return necessary. So there's literally no reason for you to not switch right now. And, well, right now, y'all can subscribe to EarthBreeze and save 40%. You go to earthbreeze.com slash creep to get started. That's earthbreeze, B-R-E-E-Z-E dot com slash creep for 40% off. The Earth will thank you. Head on over to earthbreeze.com slash creep. And your skin will too. Okay, the next one. Hello, ladies. I can't thank you enough for who you are and your podcast. I've always been into the spooky, macabre, and true crime for as long as I can remember. So it's nice to find my people. I love to listen to you about your lives and the little bit of comedy you bring to some hard topics. So I have two stories I can think of to share, and we'll put them both here. I'd like to stay anonymous. Do you remember when people used to be anonymous and we'd assign them names from Golden Girls? Yeah. I miss that. You're Sophia. (laughs) Okay, story one. When I was in my late teens, there were a bunch of us sleeping at a friend's house, guys and girls. I was asleep, but as I'm told, the story goes like this. One of the guys woke up around 4 a.m. or so. He woke up a friend because his dream freaked him out. In the dream, he saw an abandoned house in the woods with a blue light glowing through the windows. He said he knew where it was and needed to go. So these guys got in the car and started driving, the one giving directions, left here, straight, right here, etc. They come to a dead end. On the right side, there are woods with an old stone slash metal gate with a no trespassing sign. They got out of the car and continued up the old dirt driveway in the dark. There at the top of the hill in the woods was an abandoned house with some dull lights shining through the windows. A bit overwhelmed and scared, they turned quickly, walked back to the car, and came back to our friend's house. When we all woke up, they told us all the story, and we all went back to this house in the daylight. What we saw was shocking and upsetting. Whoever lived there dropped everything and left. There were piles of clothes everywhere, dishes and glasses out and about, brand new black leather couch with the tag still on it. It also looked like there were some kinds of party of sorts due to several kegs lying around. Upstairs was the most disturbing sight yet. There was a hot tub with duct tape on it as if someone had been taped to it and a large mirror on the wall that we guessed was a two-way mirror because no light reflected. We were never able to find the room on the other side of the mirror. Outside of the backyard was an old moldy pool and a nice pool house with deflated floats and towels in it. The weird thing is, no matter how freaked out we all were, we continued to go back several times to see if anything changed, but it never seemed to. A couple of times we felt like someone was following us down the road, so we just turned off the last street before the dead end. This was very strange moments in my life, and after we just decided to stop going and we all never spoke about it again. Story 2. When I first moved out of my parents' house, I moved in with a friend from high school and her sister. They lived in a two-family house that was side-by-side with another girlfriend living on the other side. I have to say it was a lot of fun, always someone around to hang out with. The first weekend I moved in was on Mother's Day weekend. My mom loves to tell people I left her on Mother's Day. Both the sisters happened to be away and said to just make myself at home. 
I had this big room in the back of the house that actually went across both sides of the house. The first morning, I woke up earlier than normal to what felt like my bed shaking back and forth. I took it as I was still in a sort of dreamland and wrote it off. The next morning, the same thing, and then again the following morning. The third time, I decided to open my eyes and saw the bed did indeed look like it was moving back and forth. Since I do believe in ghosts, paranormal, and all that good stuff, I was a little uneasy. My new roommates came home that day, and I felt kind of crazy asking, but I asked the one sister I graduated with if she had ever experienced anything weird and told her what happened while they were gone. She said yes. Trigger warning. This part is a bit sad. We had a friend who completed the act of suicide in the house across the street, and she said it was him visiting. From then on, anytime it happened, I said his name, cut it out, or stop it, I'll get up, and it did. I lived there for a couple of years, and eventually it stopped happening. I guess he got bored with me. Thank you for all you do. Your podcast helps me get through work, food shopping, and cleaning my place. Wish you well. What kind of freaking house was that? In the woods? With the duct tape? Why was there duct tape? Like, they, how? Like, across it? Maybe. Or, like, duct tape all, like, in it. I don't know. That's so bizarre, too, that, like, it looked just like it looked in his dream. Yeah. But also, like, it was trashed, but it had the new couch with the, uh... Yeah. The tag still on it and stuff. You know what it feels like? It feels like a house of somebody who maybe... Look at me acting like I know what I'm doing, but, like used it as, like, a a temporary house to, like, sell drugs or something out of. And they had, like, a huge party. So they had, like, fresh new furniture and Mm. stuff. You know, had a big party. And it was like, all right, let's just ditch it all. Yeah. And I have that money, though. God, right? I don't want... But I don't want the illegal activity. No, 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 no. not look good in orange. (laughs) No, I don't. As she said on the blind side, that is... Orange is not in my color wheel. (laughs) Okay, the next one. Dear Paranormal Chicks... I have a story for you when I was five months pregnant with my firstborn who is six now. I'm going to change the names here if I say any because I don't need no men in black showing up at my place. It's more suspenseful than paranormal or true crime. I don't know if y'all do these types of stories, but I thought I ought to try. I was sleeping in my bed one night when I was five months pregnant with my son. My husband was working on the Air Force Base late at night and I was staying at my dad's for the night. I was sleeping, and it was the witching hour, a.k.a. 3.30 a.m., and I woke up feeling like I should since something is about to happen. You see, my family has a lot of mediums and people who really have good intuition when it comes to things and other people. Anyways, I woke up and looked and saw gray, small humanoids or aliens, in other words. It had large black eyes, and if you looked into them, it was like stars were in their eyes. It had almost no nose and a big mouth. It was also dry looking, like this thing needed some lotion or something. The thing looked at me like, what the fuck? Why is she up? She's supposed to be asleep. It said no words, but the look on its face said it all. It did like a creepy crawl toward me, And I said, a little annoyed since I needed my sleep and wanted my sleep since I love sleeping. What do you want? It pointed at me with this long, skinny gray finger. After it did that, I immediately passed out. I woke up the next morning with weird, long, skinny finger marks on my arms and my legs. 
I was confused and really tired even though I had slept eight hours. I told my dad about it and drew a picture of it. I still to this day believe it wasn't a dream. It felt too real to be a dream. Also, I had markings on my arms and legs showing that something had happened. My family believes me, too, which helped with telling them. I have more memories and stories to tell, especially with having very spiritual people in my family who believes with their whole beings that sprites are real, and no one in my family denies that. Well, Carrie might not believe you, but I believe you. Well, I'm over here thinking Donna read uh, spirits wrong. What the (laughs) hell's a sprite? The little fairy creature. I swear there's, I think that's what that is. I could be lying, but I'm pretty sure a sprite is like a little fairy because it's like, oh, you're going sprightly. Like, you know what I mean? Mm. Glad you read that story because I definitely would have read spirits. (laughs) I'm like, oh, they misspelled spirits. But then it did the men in black for real, for real. The like he just pointed and was like, you out. Yeah, I don't. mm -mm. But then it fucked with your sleep anyway. So I don't like that. Like. You're going to knock me out. Like, at least, you know, let me have that good, good sleep. But I wonder what I wanted. If you're going to do that to me, I better sleep like I'm on fucking anesthesia. (laughs) But, uh, yes, we love those kinds of stories. So if you have more, keep them coming. Okay, the next one. A vicar, a candle, and a tin of haunted tomatoes. Oh, this is going to be good. Hi, ladies. The fear the stories are running out is starting to get the anxiety levels up. I can't imagine my weekly sinister sightings running out, so I'm doing my bit to help. Anyone who needs to know, this is October 19th, 2023. Although they wrote it 19-10-23, and I was like, oh yeah, people write it that way. <laughs> like, I was like, they're across the pond. Yeah. <laughs> my previous two submissions have been other people's stories, so I thought I'd bring this one a little closer to home. At times, maybe a little too close. So a little background. My house, in the scheme of things in England, is pretty new. Although built in the 1980s, that's more modern in comparison to the 1880s house I grew up in. We're lucky to know the background of our house and its previous owners. No deaths, robberies, nothing at all, negative, just lots of happy families. My parents are in tune with spiritual happenings and said how happy and clear our house felt, so you can only imagine the surprise when things started to happen after the birth of our daughter. Initially, it was a smiling and waving baby at empty areas of rooms and us assuming one of our grandparents had popped in from the other side to say hi, which to be honest, I still think this did happen, but I think they may have been followed by someone else. Initially, it started with random knocks, cool breezes, and the sensation someone stood by you. A neighbor saw a shadow pass by the top of the stairs but we, by this point, hadn't seen definitive proof. The neighbor legged at home and refused to come back for several months after that. It genuinely shook her. Not long after that, our little dog at the time would growl at empty rooms and get rather cross at it sometimes. The first time whoever spooked us aimed its attention directly at me, I was cooking tea, evening meal, Northern England, it's tea, not dinner, stood at the stove, baby in the next room in her walker, with the electronic babysitter, cartoons on the TV, when I hear a bang behind me. I turn to see a tin of tomatoes roll across the floor. The cupboard was ground level. The door would have to open towards me. I assume it fell, checked through the doorway, little one still happily entranced by the TV. 
I replaced the tin and continued to stir the sauce I was cooking. Only moments later to have the tin hit me in the back of the leg, six feet away through a door that was open towards me, not away. I had no explanation for this, yet I wasn't picking up on any feelings of ghost, just that something was off. I turned off the stove and went and sat with my little one until my husband came home, who looked like he thought I was going nuts. Well, whoever was in our home decided it was going to let him know it was with us next. A couple of nights later, he wakes me up. Did you leave the lights on downstairs? No, I reply. We both see a light coming from downstairs. Armed with a heavy book, we both sneak down expecting an intruder to find the center of the mantle over the fire a candle lit. To the huffs of my husband, he blew it out, stating how dangerous leaving a candle was. I pointed out which candle was lit. I did not light that candle. I'll admit I'm cheap at times. I had a fancy candle bought as a gift and I wasn't lighting it anytime soon. It was too lovely and I adored the little lid. I liked the look of it just sitting there and I wasn't going to light it until a special occasion. This was over a 40 pound candle. It was super fancy. Like, you know, like their dollars, not weight, cost. Anyway, once he realized, he let out a, oh, well, that's odd, as he quietly gathered every candle in the house, popped him in the center of the garden at 2 a.m. Thank God the neighbors didn't see. He was convinced by this that we had an uninvited guest. After that, the cold chills, angry dog, became a regular thing that we did all we could to ignore. There was one hot spot for the chills and uneasy feelings, at the bottom of our stairs. A few months later, we were planning for the christening of our little one, who was no longer little and 18 months old. A lovely lady vicar came round the house to pick through readings and hymns, sat on the sofa through the whole meeting. She kept rapidly looking over her shoulder to the bottom of the stairs. We both noticed this and looked nervously at her. Did the vicar know something was in our house? Well, the meeting grew to a close. She blessed our little one and prayed over us as a family. Then, looking at the stairs, she asks, Do I have permission to bless your home and pray for your safety here? We both said yes straight away. She turned to those stairs and prayed for love, peace, positivity to only reside in our home and the removal of all negativity. She went on for a while. She never mentioned why, nor did we ask, but a very lovey hug followed by you'll be okay as she left was the most lovely thing I had ever heard. Whatever she did, no bumps, no shadows, no chills, it went 10 years of peace until a new one turned up last year. But I'll write about that one another time. We need to keep that inbox filled. Much love as always, Rachel England. Well, thank gosh y'all were getting your daughter blessed because... Oh my God, right? Ugh. I want to know what the hell she saw. Right? Or like, was it just like a feeling? Maybe. Strong enough for her to say, can I bless your house? Right. And I swear, dogs can see stuff, so. mm -mm. And thank you for sending your stories in separate emails so we can keep this going. Also, I love that you said electronic nanny or whatever. Babysitter, yeah. Yeah. TV. I mean, it's my electronic babysitter, too. Me, too. All right. The last one. Okay, there's a content warning. It's a death, including an infant. Hey, girls, you know the routine. I love listening to you, and you guys crack me up every episode. Okay, enough of that mushy stuff. You can call me P. 
I've been wanting to send in some stories for a while, and since you said you're running out, I figured now is the time. So here we go. I hope this makes sense. And also, I'm not sorry if it's long. I'm a long-winded person, and I've shortened this as much as possible. So in the 80s, when I was like 12 years old, I would babysit for the same family every summer and at least one weekend night every week throughout the year. On the weekend, I would just spend the night there instead of going home that night. I watched these kids for years. I love the family. Anyway, this is one of those winter mornings after I had stayed over. I had a dream in which the mom was driving me home, and I remember being just a few miles from home and looking out the window and seeing all the familiar things, friends' houses and businesses, the stuff you see every day. Then I look forward and I see a car coming right towards us. I don't remember the car hitting us. It just went black. The next part of my dream, the mom was asking where her husbands and kids were, and I just remember telling her that they were okay and they were at home. I remember talking to the EMT and telling him about where I was hurt and what happened. I remember seeing one of the firemen that I knew. He was a bus driver for my school. Small town living, am I right? I got in the ambulance and that was the end of the dream. It seemed so short typing it out, but it felt so long, like I was going through every detail in real time. It was so vivid and real. When I woke up, I was going to tell the mom about my dream, but decided not to. It was just a weird dream. That's all it was. Until it wasn't. On the drive home, I looked out the window and saw all the familiar sights and then looked forward. And you guessed it. I saw a car coming right towards us and then black. Everything played out exactly as it had in my dream, right down to her asking about her family and me seeing the fireman. I got in the ambulance and was taken to the hospital. This was a really bad accident. The man driving the other car had hit a patch of black ice lost control of his car, and hit us head-on. Unfortunately, the other family did not survive. They were killed on impact. It was a mom, dad, and their baby. We were lucky to walk away with a concussion, a few cuts and bruises. Had the mom not just traded her minivan for a car with a much bigger front end, it could have been way worse for us as well. I've had more than a few dreams that come true, but nothing like this. Why did I have this dream? Would things have changed if I had told her about it? I'll never know, I guess, but I will never forget it. I have many more stories about my daughter talking to dead relatives when she was little and a few others as well. I'll send those in separately. Relax, Carrie. Thanks for the stories and the laughs. Creep it real. P. Y'all say relax, but we're still only like a, you know, a week out. Okay, <laughs> it's not that, not far. that much. But yeah, I mean, keep them coming because we love this. We love being able to, you know, learn more about y'all and just having this open forum for everyone to share their experiences. Yeah, so many people are like, I didn't know that all these other people experienced what I experienced. Yes. And it's so cool to really help you to not feel alone. Yeah. Also, I'm very sorry that you had to live through that because I know that that is had to have been incredibly traumatizing for yeah. everyone involved. Well, and twice, you know? Right. Like, and it's so hard because you're like, it's a dream. It was very vivid, but it's just a dream. You know, like, why am I going to freak this person out by telling her that I dreamt that we had a car accident, you know? Right. 
Well, and again, if he hit black ice, there there isn't anything she could have done. Right. Like, even if she knew, there's nothing. Yeah. And honestly, it might have been worse because she might have been, like, overcorrecting and stuff. Yeah. Like, trying to not have an accident. So, I'm just glad y'all got to, you know, survive that and her family was safe. You were safe. Well, thank y'all so much for sending in all these stories. Keep them coming because I'm still panicking. <laughs> And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.